Without no. further aducts. I don't know what any of this shit is, and I'm fucking scared. First, you're going to tell me about this dying stuff. Sorry about that. What is a scientist? You caught me like I'm experimenting with science. It's like magic with electricity. I know that. I'm not stupid. I'm smarter than you. The smartest Lord. scientists in the entire world <laughs> all agree science is a liar sometimes. Seriously, this could not seem less scientific. Those idiots don't know anything about science. It's science. I believe it's pronounced science. This is the least scientific thing I've ever seen. So I'm just experimenting with them? You'll be quiet. Thank you, scientists. That gives me a nice 40 seconds or so to do whatever the hell else I can think of. That probably isn't necessary. But yeah. Cool. Howdy, folks. Welcome to Under the Guise of Science. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I am Chris. And I am Charles. And I'm going to do the whole episode like this. <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think I could do that for however long we do it. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I'm sure I could. I believe in yeah. me. <laughs> there's, there's, certain, <laughs> there's certain stuff I'm committed to. <laughs> like if you, if you stay in it for 45 minutes or so, it probably gets funny again. But I don't want to test it. <laughs> Yo, minute 51 will be ridiculous, <laughs> regardless of what we're saying. <laughs> Everything will be gold. It'd be better than the Rodney voice. <laughs> that would be that would be something. Yeah. That would be something. Um Good evening talk- or whatever it is for you. Yeah. It's, out there. Uh, yeah. Whoever. I hope it's good morning. I hope it's uh I hope it's a Tuesday morning commute from yeah. your toilet back to your bed. Because I want you to be able to sleep in on Tuesdays. Oh, that's very nice of you. Thank you. Thank you. I get to do it every now and again, so it's pretty great. I'm not gonna lie. Sure, I could having weekends off like a regular person is probably also pretty great too. But not if you have kids. There's no true. such thing. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. You haven't had a day off in forever. No, no, I haven't. But. Such is the choices we make. <laughs> this this is the life we chose. That's right. Well, you also huh. chose to do this podcast. We did. Back back at it again. Uh, very excited about uh, this one. One, because we haven't recorded it in a bit. And number two, this video is the shit. Yeah, it was a very cool video. We will link this in the description. They fucking I I get it why they were like, hey, hit us up with some uh with some money, please, at the end. Cause I mean the amount of hours that had to go into making that fucking thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, whoever does that, they know their way around the video graphics. I think the name of the channel was Cosmo with a K. K O S M O. I believe you are correct. Okay, so credit to them, and we, again, we'll, we will link that link below. Now you get 200 points for that. Uh, the board is still yours. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
exoplanets. Yeah, it was it was about well, it wasn't even about necessarily exoplanets. I think the episode we're going to be focusing on exoplanets, but the video itself was more about just uh, stuff that's relatively close by geologic, not geologically, um, cos- cosmically speaking, I guess. Yeah, I never, I never remember a hundred percent what the right words is to use for that because it's like universally speaking, sounds like just like you're making a broad statement. I think it might be cosmologically. Yeah. Uh, but it might not. <laughs> All right. It sounds right, but or sh- and, ast- astrologically or whatever. Until someone t- tells me otherwise. And even in that case, I'll still say, well, Shout said it was this. So you're yeah. stupid. That's true. If I say it, it is fact on this show. It goes for you, too. I've. You've told some straight up lies that I was like, oh, interesting. <laughs> and then you're like, no, I made that up. Oh, okay. I've been, I, I want to do, and again, this requires time, but uh, my, my, I'd like to take a compilation of me telling you a lie that gets by you and they go, no, I'm lying. Cause there's at least, <laughs> there's at least three or four that I did that to you. Yes, um, absolutely. I have another one for you. Uh, I want to chop up all of your. Actually, no, it'll be mostly you. It'll be starting with me because you were the first to do it, and I don't think you've ever done it again. Is get up and go pee. Okay. And then I, I just want to chop together your you talking while I'm peeing, like a little <laughs> montage. Okay. Where yeah, yeah, where I have to scramble for. Even though I don't know why I do it, I feel like it's dead air and the, oh no, people are listening, but I could just sit here and do nothing and you could just chop it out and be like, nothing happened. Yeah, like I could even just hit pause and then we could both stop doing what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. And then I could just hit play again. And uh... Showing my age. I feel like it's dead air. <laughs> dead air isn't even a term anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I know it's people like, like I've, I've seen podcasters talk about the hours that they spend on editing going through and cutting out all the uh and you know just like in between words and just try to knit it together nicely we're not that kind of podcast first of all no (laughs) second of all that takes i feel like it takes a little of the soul out of it like i don't know yeah like there's there's times that uh like you could tell on a really well-produced one but even there there's other like any of the ones that are live all the time, like your or that broadcast live originally, like uh, uh, just like Rogan for off the top of my head, that's just nonstop because there's no. I mean, you could probably edit video if you wanted to, I guess, but yeah, for the most part, yeah. You know what? Now that I think of it, that very well could be edited a bunch too because I'm like, you can't, you can't edit video and sound <laughs> <laughs> who's ever done that <laughs> that's madness <laughs> no but i know what you're saying that that definitely is the kind of podcast that sounds more like uh, just a conversation letting it flow and yeah yeah i Talking doubt they're doing that ever <laughs> yeah um <clears throat> well yeah then there's other commercials well commercials uh other ones where they're like, all right, we're going to take a quick break. We will be right back. 
and there's no live read in in there or anything. It's just pause and and we're back. So it's only like a half second apart. That's interesting. Kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's no reason for a break there, or at least no reason to, to tell everyone that there's a break there. Um. So yeah, if you guys if if you guys are just finding out about podcasts with us, go check out some more of them because they're pretty <laughs> cool. <laughs> they are a thing. Turns out, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! You imagine where somebody's first podcast? Like, I want to rephrase this. Anyone that's not like parents aged family, sure, I could absolutely see this being their first podcast. It's do- doable. But like anyone that's under the age of like thirty, come on! I know. Do they even listen to podcasts anymore? Or has that jumped the shark? We're on too late, and the kids are like, "Fuck that!" I want 40, <laughs> 45 second TikToks. <laughs> yeah, just forty five seconds, just real quick, real short attention span. Done. Yeah. Ain't nobody kids got time today. for that. <laughs> this generation this generation yeah. and their podcasts or not podcasts don't mind me I just there's the one thing I forgot to plug in the laptop oh, <laughs> power's dying we need that yeah it's it's not a it's not at uh critical levels yet it should just be yep another second or two <laughs> so I'm not leaving it, it up to you to kill dead air this time. I'm going to help. <laughs> this time it sounds like you're doing work outside the ship or something. <laughs> <laughs> I've just breached the main hull. <laughs> Do you want me to hit anything? <laughs> There's a red light that's going to flash <laughs> in a minute. Um, it means we're out of gas. <laughs> Or something. I don't know. That's, that's outer yeah. space repairman. Ba, ba, da, ba, ba. Like it. Repairman can tell whether or not there is gas. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you were to get to one of these so called exoplanets, you'd, uh, you'd need quite a ship. That you would. I mean, as it is now, it it takes light a couple of years from even the close ones. Like when we're talking about our neighborhood, a lot of these are within, I'm going to say 50 light years or so, some closer, but that's kind of like the, uh, the extent of our local bubble. And the, uh, I, I will, one of the great things I loved about how they made the video is just, they didn't go out of control with graphics. Like it was predominantly just like animations of what shit's going to look like or what they assume shit would look like. Right. Rather. Uh, and they'd only throw in every now and again. By the way, this is how hot this would be compared to your planet. This is how big this is to your planet. This is how big this is compared to your sun. Just like real quick graphic. And it was like, because that's immediately, it's like, all right, I. I need scale for this right, to kind yeah, of help me understand it. it. Yeah. yeah. 
and that made it uh that <laughs> it feel like it uh it answered my first three questions every time i was watching i was like well how big is oh okay <laughs> well what if it was comp- all right well it can't be too hot oh okay it's not too hot okay great <laughs> <laughs> hitting all checking yeah. off all the boxes and and they also do the uh rotation and orbit oh that's right in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in terms of you know earth times and earth orbit and stuff and even the distance i mean the the distance is in au that that's like the standard that's the ruler one astronomical unit and that's the di- distance between the earth and the sun so when they talk about other planets that it's 0.73 AU it's still the same thing comparing it to the thing that you're used to in a way I am so glad you pointed that out cuz I knew we talked about it and I couldn't remember what it was immediately and then at just one point during the first time I watched it I was just like ah, I'll just assume it's ha- like one light year but that's so much <laughs> like that's cuz in my head it was like oh man so how much of one light year it how long does it take light to get to the Earth? I mean, that's got to be point whatever of an astronomical unit. Yeah. Nope, that is the astronomical unit. Right, that, that's the ruler. That's <laughs> all we got. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. So, all right. Some shit's way closer than I thought it was. Yes. Well, this, is, this is already a very nice surprise. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Glad I could help. <laughs> it's like doing a whole fucking. <laughs> it's like thinking that the Earth is. Oof, no, I am already. I already cannot make this metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> it puts a different paint job on things. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Jerky boy reference. Belly yeah. out. <laughs> Oh man, it's like if you thought something was a lot bigger, but now it's a lot smaller. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, idiot co host yeah. Charles. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, we can move on to the first thing with Barnard Star. <laughs> who is barnard i didn't look that up but he has a star or she has a star or barnard star sounds like a guy who played in the aba wow yeah it does <laughs> yeah. barnard Tooth. star is a point guard definitely yeah he led the I league think. in assists yeah <laughs> yeah came in second to three-point competition <laughs> And for some reason, after the merger, his his game just never translated. <laughs> you know, it just <laughs> must have it... been the uh, the the uh, decreasing in the size of the necessary talent pool. Barnard Star is small; it's a red dwarf, so maybe it's related to actual size. It just NBA was too big for him. <laughs> I, I believe his coach's name was actually Red Dwarf. <laughs> Neither of which was a nickname, oddly enough. You're right. Yeah, Red, Red Dwarf was his, his given name. Yeah, kid, people just named their kids Red in the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> you have to grow up with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what, uh, 
I guess this for a little bit more reference. Uh, the sizes of the stars without you know gloss over because we definitely talked about that once already at some point. Yeah, um, but I mean, yeah, red, just... red dwarf is smaller than the sun, mm-hmm. um, than our sun. They're, they're typically typically smaller and uh, cooler than like your main sequence stars, which, which the sun is. Um, the size ranges. I mean, I don't have a direct number, but you know, half the size of the sun to three quarters of the size of the sun. You know, some some maybe even smaller than that, but. It has to be big enough for fusion to start in the first place, but it's still not as energetic, not as powerful as a main sequence star. So in cases like that, uh, for Red Dwarfs, the Goldilocks zone is a lot closer to the star itself than it is for a star like ours. So some of them, when they're a little bit closer, they're actually in the Goldilocks zone. Uh, uh, Goldilocks zone question. Uh, Is there... Uh, is there a standard like kind of pr- ratio of class of planet? I don't know, class of planet. Uh, class of star, or the average distance Goldilocks zone versus of a uh, what? What? What's what's the yeah. really big ones? Uh, the, like the super giants. Super giants. Red, red, yeah, red giants. Red, red super giants. giants. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Absolutely, and it. it I mean, it's like you said, it's an average. So the stars themselves vary in intensity and vary in the energy they give out. So it's an average of these types of stars average this amount. So there's a range where it could be from here to here that liquid water can exist. That's that's the uh, <clears throat> the key to the Goldilocks zone. So yeah, it's it's kind of a range depending on how big the star is. Like when when our sun, I think we've talked about this before, but when our sun reaches the end of the main sequence phase and goes into the red giant phase, the Goldilocks zone will move out to Jupiter-ish for, you know, instead of being where where it is now. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, and, uh, so red dwarf, red giant, uh, or the uh, blue, white, yellow, yeah, the, what's mean, some the, of the other colors? There's a, a bunch of, ver- I mean, there's some white dwarfs, there's the main sequence stars, there's, uh, like, when we talk about the blue, they're still main sequence stars, but they're just huge, um, and they burn hotter and brighter and more intense, and, and they give off a blue hue, because, again, on the light spectrum, as you get towards the blue side, that's more energy. When you get towards the red side, that's less energy. So that's why they have appear to be blue. Like we'll talk about a uh, Sirius A. It's it's just a star, but it's huge, and that's why it's so bright and it's and it's super hot and it dominates. Uh, there's another white dwarf in the Sirius uh, binary system. It looks like one star to us because Sirius A is so big and so bright that it overpowers the white dwarf Sirius B that's with it, and you can't see it with the naked eye. Cool shit. Cool yeah, shit. so they vary. <clears throat> All right, and then lastly, the uh, the uh, sequence. So is it like three sequences, four sequences. Like so, there's main sequence. Is there like a starting sequence, ending sequence kind of thing? Uh, I think that's just the type of star. <clears throat> I think before that, it's kind of like a proto star, or uh, you know, the nebula and becomes a proto star, and then. It could either be, depending on how much 
matter is in one place. There's actually something called a brown dwarf, which is bigger than a planet like Jupiter, but not as massive as a red dwarf. So a lot of stuff is there. It's hot, it's energetic, but it never gets big and hot enough for fusion to start. So that's kind of on the large planet, small star. It's kind of like in the middle of that. A little bit bigger than that, a little bit more massive. That's where you would get a red dwarf. Some stars, you know, red dwarfs, they they can live uh, a very long time. They're uh, not a lot of energy comes out of them, but that's that's their life. And then when they they burn out, it's just going to be some kind of core, some kind of husk that's left. Um, it it might. I don't know if it goes down to being a white dwarf or if there's just some, you know some something else that's left the the core of that, but. They can last trillions of years versus then a star like ours, which they call a main sequence star. That's kind of in the middle. Um, bigger ones like there's giants. Um, like I think Rigel is one of them. It's just like this, this beast. Um, they have different names to them. There's another type of star that's just monstrous. That's like a, I think it's called the Wolf Stevenson star. So they have all different names of all different types of stars. So yeah, <laughs> it starts to get. So it's not that main sequence is, you know, first sequence, second sequence, third sequence. It's just another label for a star. (laughs) Wolf Steven, the Wolf Stevens star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Wolf Stevens, famous 1970s soap opera actor. You remember him. Apparently, I think every star in the universe is some dude who is famous in the 70s so far. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that seemed like it was a popular last name, though, for a time. There were a lot more stars then than there are now. <laughs> that seems like st- star is kind of a first name. It made the transition. Yeah. Star Jones and shit. I don't know if she's still <laughs> relevant, but that's what comes up. I mean, I heard of her, so. <laughs> it's, a, it's a name. It's yeah. a real person, at least. <laughs> Uh, all righty. I think that's all the preliminary questions I had. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, let's get in. Let's get into the, let's get into these outside planets. Yeah. So back to Barnard star, which is about, oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about 12 minutes ago. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I know all those were on topic. It's not like we got. We get distracted by way worse. That was at least science <laughs> distractions. I think that's fair. But uh, there there seems to be... so. First of all, the way that they find a lot of these stars is something called the transit method. Um, there's, I think there's other methods too, but I, I didn't read up on them, so I'm, I'm not going to uh, speak on them. But uh, the transit method seems to be the most common. They're actually launching the... Uh, or did launch the Kepler Space Telescope, which uses this. Um, and it's, it's found quite a few pla- exoplanets through this. But basically, stares at a star. The star has a certain luminosity. There's a certain amount of light that comes from it. Every so often, there's a dip. If the dip seems to be regular, like it's some kind of body orbiting in front of the star that's causing the dip, blocking out some of the, some of the light, then they start to do the... Uh, the tricks that they do of looking at the spectrum and breaking it into the different components and seeing what types of elements and all that good stuff and various other high <clears throat> science stuff. That's a little bit over my head. 
but they can determine from there if there's a, an exoplanet or not. And that's or suspected. using spectral analysis. Yes, like yeah, do that? that is okay. that's the the definition of what I mumbled through. Well, that's the term for what I mumbled through. Oh, sweet spectral analysis. Yeah, right. that, that's what so pulling then... the uh, the light from the stars and breaking <laughs> into the spectrum. Yes, gotcha. All right, so then I will not follow that up with what does that mean. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we did it Jeopardy style. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's stoner Jeopardy. You just give the answer and then just what is spectral analysis? <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Uh... But but that guy, the the star that they discovered that or the uh, exoplanet that seems to be orbiting uh, Barnard's star looks to be a cold super Earth. Um, super Earth being rocky like planet, um, usually masses higher than Earth, but lower than Neptune. So some of these can be you know, three times the size of earth to five times the size of earth, like in, in that range, but usually pretty rocky. And um, they did use that term a few times. That was also one of my questions, man, you were just knocking out all my questions. If this was, uh, the stuff that you're going to tell me moon contest, you would have been just knocking out all my questions. Damn it. We should have yeah. made this a moon contest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know anything about this yet still, so right. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so yeah, spectral analysis, what was the so but yeah, yeah unless sorry. there's some kind of <clears throat> planetary energy, whether it's tidal or through nuclear decay, it's unlikely that there would be enough energy from this star on that planet for life to form. Um Excuse me. Sorry. Oh, on that exoplanet. I keep saying star. Yeah. Bear with me. Um, <laughs> you know, a couple of drinks in as you as per usual. So I'm going to say stupid shit, but I will bear anything you ask. <laughs> <laughs> that's, but that's the goal of the show. I'm going to say smart shit and stupid shit <laughs> all at the same time. <laughs> it's easier. Can't remember all the smart shit. Right. It's just kind of how it cleans. Barnard. Oh, no. I think I had a lunar disk real quick. Is that a thing that they said? Did I mishear that? Oh, yeah. They said that about uh, the. I think it's uh, Barnard Star B, right? That's the, the closest one. Yeah, I mean, the the star, they usually just give it the name, and then anything else will have B, C, D. Oh, that's how they could tell, uh, sorry, uh, the uh, Bernard Star uh, got, that's how they they discovered it or something, because it moves like 100 and through the lunar disk in 182 years or something like that. Basically, it's it's crazy fast. It moves crazy fast across the sky in comparison to other stars. I guess the lunar disk being from our view, it must be like where the moon goes. I'm not really sure what they mean by lunar disk, but I guess when they say moves through the lunar disk, it must be in relation to 
the path the moon takes, I'm guessing. I just know that it, it moves fast. It sounds like it could be clutch lyrics. As it moves through the lunar disk. <laughs> Old clutch, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still talking, not trying to be bluesy. Yeah. <laughs> Which I dig, don't get me wrong. I'm just yeah. Saying. yeah. I can like two things. <laughs> right, yeah. I can like old clutch and new clutch. It's just different. But yeah, currently Bernard Star is six light years away, but it's whipping through, and it will eventually be the closest star to us, which is currently Proxima Centauri, but it's on trajectory to move even closer than that, which is, again, 3.8 light years away or something. So not close by our standards, but... Still not uh not too bad. Yeah. Not shabby. Still won't be visible with the naked eye though, would it? No, it's too dim in general. It, it, yeah, we can't see it with the naked eye currently. Too dim. Well, I think that's the case with a lot of red dwarfs. Like even the uh the next one, Wolf ten sixty one, um, further away, but again it's it's a red dwarf, so I don't think we can see that with the naked eye either. And what's uh what's Wolf 1061's deal? Wolf. This one has it looks like maybe three rocky planets. So uh Wolf 1061B seems like the most Earth-like as far as size, composition, all that good stuff. Only problem there is it's way closer than this planet and it is tidally locked. Tidally locked, similar to how the moon is to us. Those planets, when uh, the, you really can't have life on those planets, with one side always facing the star, one side being uh, always in the dark, the temperature differences will be drastic, uh, especially that close. It would probably be you know, close enough to, to cook metal. The only place you could theoretically live is on the border where it kind of be eternal twilight. But the storms would be insane just from the, the two temperatures on the different side merging at those points. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Is there a, is, is there atmosphere? It looks like there close? is atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, sometimes when they are that close, that would get stripped away and they wouldn't have an atmosphere. And then in that case, there would be it, this may be one of those planets now that you mention it that, uh, it just roasts away and there's nothing left. Kind of similar to Mercury in our own solar system. It doesn't, even though it's smaller, it has no atmosphere just from getting beat by the sun. Scorched SPF. I don't know. <laughs> they don't have it. <laughs> SPF non existent. 10 to the 492012th. <clears throat> right. <laughs> <laughs> there is a planet around Wolf. So this is C. Because mm-hmm. as you go out, they just you know throw another letter on it. The next one, so Wolf 1061C, is in the Goldilocks zone. Uh, this one is a super Earth, though. Um, and it looks like, again, spectral analysis and all that kind of stuff. Unless mm-hmm. there's some kind of um, dense atmosphere, it's probably similar in temperature to Mars. Ooh. Yeah, it's close, but no cigar. Still too cold. Yep. Unless there's enough 
greenhouse gases in the atmosphere to actually uh, trap that heat. And then D is uh, out. Looks like it's outside the Goldilocks zone. It could be like a super Earth or a mini Neptune. In this case, it's tough to say which. It's kind of on the border, and that would be too uh, cold. The super Earth mini Neptune border. Yeah. Those are two categories of planet sizes. <laughs> it would be two way cooler country names. There's definitely been a point in time where two scientists got in an argument over whether that is a super Earth or a mini Neptune, <laughs> which I think would be pretty cool to witness. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so great to hear like a very... <laughs> It can't be, it can't be a super Earth because, and then three and a half, five minute long, barely breathtaking response. And if for that, if for nothing else, it's because you're a fucking idiot. That's why. Right. Like just <laughs> that's the response. Yeah. Your retort. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> everything you said since I met you has been fucking stupid. So it can't be that. <laughs> that's what I base my analysis, my hypothesis on. Fucking RC Cola drinking motherfucker. <laughs> Judgment's real suspect with drinking RC Cola when there's Coke and Pepsi out there. <laughs> Scandal. Yeah. It's not right. <laughs> um, moving on, I know we, we kind of talked about Sirius, but hopped over it. But I did want to say they it doesn't look like there's any planets detected there. But again, that doesn't mean there's nothing there. That just means we haven't noticed them. Like in a case like Sirius, where it's so bright and there's that other white dwarf there. If there's anything orbiting either one of those, maybe the luminosity doesn't take enough of a hit. Maybe it's not head on the way we're looking. Like there could be could be shit that we're not seeing. So it's not a definite that just because we don't see it, it's not. There. Is Sirius the one that has uh, red dwarves as well? Each one has a red dwarf, or that's uh, the one later on. That's uh... that comes later. I think that's okay. Castor. Yes. All right. So then, with this, like, could there just be stuff that are that could be visible, but just the stars are like overlapping too much at any point? Where yeah, there's just too Absolutely. much light. Yep. And just yeah, anything coming out wouldn't we wouldn't necessarily be able to see it because of the brightness, right? Because it, it would be other instruments for the most part, like even just casting a shadow possibly from where there should be a shadow, but there's, you can't have a shadow where there's also just a shit mode, a shitload more light. Yeah. Like shining a light in front of your own shadow kind of negates the shadow in a way. Yeah. Or trying to find a flashlight, someone holding a flashlight standing in front of a floodlight. Okay. You think of it that way. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Makes way more sense. Uh, this this was another one I think, and that they were talking about it moving through the sky. Like it, it eventually is going to start moving away from where it is. Right. This was the one that they were like, and then in six hundred and forty million years, once it's far away, 
then it'll go into a supernova and then will disappear out of the sky for months. And I spoke about FOMO on a previous episode. Like, it's just like, oh, it's 640 million years. I don't even, I can't, with all the knowing stuff that I've picked up from talking to you, I couldn't even begin to tell you what the fuck there was 640 million years ago. <laughs> like not much <laughs> yeah there wasn't much going yeah. on so it's just like it, this you would never even fucking <laughs> it's not even a chance right not even a chance for that yeah the last i don't know if a star like that if that happened 640 million years ago and just like lit up the sky and it was just this beautiful i don't know like the auroras times 20 or you know whatever whatever you're looking at just this crazy supernova gas and it's for fucking bacteria and single cell shit and plankton and that that's who they can't even appreciate that yeah they don't appreciate anything yeah it's you know what that was that was way before its time you know it's it's contemporaries couldn't appreciate the work that it that uh whatever star that was was doing it's true it always comes the later generations they always Multicellular life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, I have one more question about this. Thing, I think. Uh, oh, so they they gave it. Uh, they were talking about how bright it was to us. How visible would our sun be from far away? Uh, that's a good question. I don't think we're so we. Our sun is no nowhere near the energy of, say, a Sirius. Right. So um, that's the brightest star in the sky for us. I would imagine it, depending on how far you are and depending on what was in your sky, if it was another single star that didn't have some other kind of bright thing nearby obscuring it, um, I would imagine our star would kind of be like, on a clear night, you can see thousands of stars. Like then, you could see our star. But if it's kind of like a overcast night, and you can see a dozen, I don't think ours would be in the dozen. Wow. Yeah. Now and does two parter? I guess does does our the sun have a a name that's not the sun? I think Latin it's Sol. S O L. That's why things are solar. And- <laughs> Ah, yeah, or Saul. Saul. <laughs> yeah. Our son's name is Saul. Yeah, <laughs> he's a very bright boy. Our Saul. <laughs> yeah, the bird, the bad birds. My horse's teeth in his face right out, <laughs> and they go kia kia, <laughs> and they so, no, whooten like whoot down. <laughs> <laughs> Our son's government name is Saul Rosenberg, just for the record. <laughs> Are you using my panels? Do you care about your carbon footprint at all? <laughs> uh, oh, last, uh, last serious question. Uh, they brought up... Uh, oh, how did they figure it out? Was uh, two again? Was that Parallax? There was that parallax thing where camera one, camera two kind right. of thing. Yeah, I think it was a, a little bit of that. Um, probably some of this transit stuff, looking close at it. But yeah, to just over time, noticing 
the uh, the changes going on up there. Because I think both of those stars, they both orbit the center of mass between them. So it's almost like an infinity symbol, the way they orbit, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that, that would make sense if there was some kind of uh, comparison between the two at different points where they noticed that it was these two were in conjunction. Neat. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know 100% how they discovered it, that it was two, if it was parallax or not. I don't know if they mentioned that in that video, and I didn't pick it up previously, but that'd be my guess that it was something related to that. Yeah, I think in one of the Cosmos ones, like they kind of talked about noticing it, but I don't remember which specific binary star it was. Gotcha. Um,. Moving on, they talk about in the video, they talk about the local interstellar cloud. Um, just basically that there's clouds everywhere. Um, in this case, it is a bunch of hot hydrogen, but it's very spread out. Um, and most of like, there's a solar wind and then there's our atmosphere and that kind of keeps away most of it. So we don't really have to worry too much about it. But I think they were saying that just to point out that there's different clouds of gas in various places and they uh, are huge and they have their own magnetic sphere uh, you know what's the word I'm looking for magnetic sphere I guess I don't field? Know sphere. field yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that works better nice. yeah so and this was another thing that that blew my mind like both times I watched it I was like man there's just there's just wild packs of gases just roaming the universe <laughs> Just fucking shit up because they're super hot, right? Yeah. It's like space lava, just probably gobbling up whatever fucking runs over it. It's very dif- very diffuse, though. Like they were saying, it's, it's some one atom per multiple cubic meters, kind of. Holy shit. Like ve- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very, very spread out. So to call it gas is kind of like... But it's still gravitationally bound, and it's still a, a, one thing. It actually has its own m- movement trajectory. We're moving through it, and it's moving a different way. And there's another cloud next to it that we're going to be moving into in a couple tens of thousands of years or so. So even though they're, even though that they're really big, they're not for their size. They're not terribly massive. Then, if like the atoms are that far spread out, right? Correct, yeah. It's not that dense. Wow. I mean, it's still sheer size. It might still be massive just because there's so much of it. But, yeah, density-wise, it's pretty pretty loose, right? <laughs> Which we establish is the yeah, antonym of dense. That's right. <laughs> we'll have to look that up one day. <laughs> We'd better not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do the... Uh... Do they measure shit in cubic light years? No, I don't think so. I think light is just more a distance from point A to point B. Cubic refers to more of a volume. Yeah, I guess so. Like, how would you like because they say how long across the span is in light years of that. So how would they like how would they figure out the depth 
Like, cause it's, yeah, it would have to be cubic. Some, I guess kilometers is as big as it goes, unless they have some other kind of measurement that's bigger. Make a new one, god damn it! <laughs> yeah, maybe they have one. Get Giga it. kilometers or something. <laughs> Gigamometers. <laughs> <laughs> that's a billion kilometers. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, that yeah. That is crazy. Just giant clouds of shit. Like I figured it was dust. Like just a dust cloud, and it's like, nope, it's <laughs> it's gases that are really far apart. <laughs> it, you could be, you could comfortably stroll between atoms if you were yeah. in that part of the universe. I guess you could. Yeah, a comfortable <laughs> stroll between atoms. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, A. B. Colombe. Uh, this one's pretty cool because it looks weird compared to the other red dwarfs dwarfs that we spoke of. Um, it seems like that it was born in a different cluster and got kicked out by a supernova. And, and would, is this the one that's an open cluster? I believe it. I, no. I believe it I was because I have it under a, it. It said it, they, they think it was part of a an open cluster. That star. Oh, so like they yeah, like like an open relationship. Right? They shared. They were all sucking each other off. Yeah. Stars. <laughs> <laughs> Every one of those stars has it's complicated on their Facebook page status. <laughs> <laughs> the open cluster of stars. <laughs> Uh, I don't recall to be honest yeah. with you. Is that so? There was, what is it? What is that? I I don't. To? I wrote what is, what's an open cluster and put an exclamation point. But we got a joke oh, okay. in about sucking off stars again, so it did its purpose. That'll do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll look that one up if you, if, <laughs> if we care. Actually, if you care, you look at the fuck up, folks. Right. Yeah, we're doing we're doing our job. You know you're you know you're looking at your phone right now, regardless of what you're listening to or not. <laughs> yeah, they're probably well, that's half the problem yeah. you're reading something and blocking us out, but <laughs> we'll take the listen. <laughs> like and subscribe also. Smash, smash, smash. Uh, <laughs> AP Columbe. AP Columbe. So it it's Bigger than most uh, red dwarf, higher energy than most red dwarf stars. So scientists wanted to understand why this one seemed different than other red dwarf stars. And it looks like it has more lithium than most red dwarf stars. Lithium typically burns off, burns off a lot more quickly than, uh, say, hydrogen. So it appears that this is a young star. Um, so young being... 14 million years old, Aww. which when compared to our 4 billion year old star, I mean, 14 million years ago, that was dinosaurs have been dead for 50 million years. Yeah. Right? And then the star came into the picture. The proto humans hadn't even come down from the trees yet by that point. No, not yet. Yeah. Down into the so grassy plains. My goodness. Yeah, but still, that's a. Uh... Young astronomically, I guess. 
but no, doesn't appear to have any exoplanets here either. Um, and also seems to be quite unstable. It's still, still finding its groove. Still learning how to, how to fuse. And now the, the excess of lithium, what was the, what was the deal with that? I don't, I don't know that you said. Um, it's just sometimes around, or, or um, like, I mean, what, it, it exists. Why is that indicative of the star being younger? The excess. It usually burns off very quickly compared to other elements. Oh, okay. So it'll go through that stuff before it gets to other stuff. Yeah. So okay. most, so most red dwarfs are already plumb out of lithium and lithium being, uh, I think it's number three on the periodic table. So it's, you know, three times the size of hydrogen. And is that, is that the same lithium that is used as a, uh, uh, brain ecological drug, pharmacological. I believe drug. it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it is. It's an elephant. I mean, I don't know if you could just have two things named lithium and pretend <laughs> that they're <laughs> I don't know, not the same. Pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure it's the same lithium that Nirvana was apparently uh, big on naming stuff after. <laughs> It'd be great if they were naming they were naming this stuff and like, all right, we're going to call, uh, we're going to call this lithium. No, 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 no. Can't be two things. One thing each. What are they going <laughs> to, yeah, what are they going to be more things than words? <laughs> and apparently, <laughs> apparently there are. <laughs> That's why that guy got no, fired. I... He didn't have the foresight to run the, <laughs> to run the naming things industry. <laughs> It'll work. Yeah. No, I believe it's the same thing, though. It's it's the you know, it's kind of the same as the hydrogen in the stars is the same as hydrogen on Earth. Or the yeah. helium formed in the cores is the same thing you breathe in to get a high voice. <laughs> I think I only a few years ago found out that that there was a thing you breathe in that gives you a low voice, like it does the opposite. I don't remember which. I don't, I don't remember what it's called. I don't I've either. Heard that. I don't either. Huh. Helium really is the uh is the dominant star of that binary star system of a good time well i mean using logic i don't yeah. i don't have anything else to back this up on but if helium is raising your voice higher because it's thinner than air or less dense than air so it floats up mm. i would think that the thing that's lowering your voice would be more dense than regular air so i guess who wants a balloon that just kind of sits on the floor so it may be harder to come by for oh, okay. that type of situation. Like, I guess you need it for a specific purpose. We're having an underwater party and everyone's <laughs> going to be upside down. <laughs> <laughs> that would work perfectly. Uh, why are we talking about breathing in helium? Uh, oh, lithium. Lithium, lithium from yep. the from the from the only one thing named lithium. <laughs> <clears throat> well, moving on, Gleesi. I think it's pronounced Gleesi or Gleesa. Gleesa. Gleesi Gle- three seventy. Gleesi. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do a good. Uh, oh, I can't remember his name even anymore. Jora, Jora Marmont. For like a week, I could do a pretty good Jora impression, but it's 
never seen yeah, that. to be fair, that that was about his his time to shine too. It was probably about a week. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So Galici. So anyway, Galici. Galici. Yeah. <laughs> Galici B is a super Earth, and it is in the Goldilocks zone. So the temperature here may be tropical as, you know, a little bit warmer, but doable. Um, it has, it's not tidally locked, so it has day and night. Um, it may be good for life. The atmosphere might be a little bit more dense than we're used to, but it still seems like that there is potential for life to form here. And life to form there, which means start, evolve, and stay there, I still doubt it would be a place that humans could move to and live on, though. Yeah, and if that matters, one thing for the record, like all the all the things they're talking about, this could be like this, this could be like that, and I think on the uh, the Barnard Star, excuse me, planets, they were saying like this would be the most viable to send something to, as it would be the closest. But even just to get to that point, there's so much shit in the way. And like, all right, well, we'll just send one there. It's like it's uh, yeah. It's, because you, you need enough fuel to get it there, and I think it's like three and a half or three point eight light years away at their closest points. So you'd have to mm-hmm. coordinate all that. I don't know if you had that type of a of fuel that you could be able that wouldn't weigh down the entire plane. Plane. Yeah, space plane. Uh yeah. and also would you need to like catapult around stars for gravity at that point kind of thing give you like a gravity yeah, whip up speed yeah right yeah and i mean with the technology we have now to go that far to even even the closest one that's four four-ish light years or like you said will be less than four in the future if we were to aim towards that because it would take tens of thousands of years so it's like would humanity even care about this project after we launch it to go there? Like what's, what's going to be left and it's going to, somebody gets there and, um, Hey, we did it. My dad told me that when I got here, I should send the message back and they'll send the message back to, to a nuclear wasteland or people that don't give a shit or, you know, who the hell knows. <laughs> it's just, it's a planet that has gone on to evolve and, worship your cousin JC like a god and all they do is fart back into the microphone and hang up on it. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. Oh wait, you know what I wanted to tell you? Burn. <laughs> <Hang up. laughs> and another thing though, when we talk about super earths, so yeah, it's rocky, but the gravity is going to be, you know, in, in, I don't think it's exponential. It's probably proportionally uh, greater depending on the size of the planet versus the size of the Earth. So if we're talking about a super Earth that's three times the size of the Earth, has triple the gravity, your muscles are going to have to be super fit to take a step. It's going to be hard just to walk at the way we're built now. It'd have to be something that evolved along with the planet that came up with the gravity that was built to uh, you know live in it. Right, that's just how you make Supermans, right? The whole reason Superman could like 
jump and fly and shit was because of the, the gravity difference. Yeah, on apparently the the yellow star versus the red star, and yet way less <laughs> gravity on Earth versus Krypton. I was always like, so how does he come back down? Because if he's is That's true. is he flying because he's used to not having gravity, or is or is he just jumping? And being strong because he's not used to having that gravity. Yeah, somehow, whichever direction he aims his fist, his body can just move in that direction, <laughs> right? Like when he flies, it's always one fist out. Yeah. So, so flying back down does that. Also, I never understood why, if, okay, he's strong because of the sun and the uh, the gravity, why doesn't he need oxygen when he flies into the atmosphere? Like he can fly into space without a, without a problem and just be fine. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's his, what's going on in those lungs, bro. Yeah, I fucking hate Superman. Straight <laughs> up, stupidest. I don't remember if you shit on him on here before. I feel like you've definitely heard you shit on him, but I don't remember if it's here or not. I think, no, I definitely have. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but I think it was, it, it was less shitting on him and more like how boring he is that it's just like, oh, surprise, they got kryptonite and Superman yes. overcame it. Oh, yeah, like yeah. every goddamn Superman comic. <laughs> What's going to happen to him this time? He's going to win. <laughs> I'll, I'll put a link because... I don't think I referenced it before, but there's a couple sites out there dedicated to how much Superman is a dick and they showcase different points in different comic books where he like <laughs> beats the shit out of kids for minor stuff and like embarrasses them for no reason back in the day. Like he was <laughs> 60s Superman was something. <laughs> he was he was just like like regular acceptable 60s parenting. You could just drag a kid over in front of <laughs> and hold him up by one leg and just spank him in front of the neighborhood. <laughs> and get a round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's about time. <laughs> kid gets hit the whole way back home by his own parents. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Superman well, sucks. <laughs> he does. He does. But moving on to the f- one you referenced earlier, this one's cool as shit, though. Caster. Yeah. Um, so it to us, it looks like the 23rd brightest star in the sky, about 50 light years away. But it is a single point from here with the naked eye, but it looks like there could be up to six stars there. Holy um, shit. Yeah. You're- two Two big stars. Sorry. Uh, half thinking oh, of something okay. to say. No. Okay. Two big stars that seem to be accompanied by a brown dwarf. Um, uh, uh, or red dwarf, rather. Uh, sorry, I read the wrong word there. So the red dwarfs kind of orbit the big regular stars, and they orbit all orbit the center of mass. But then it seems like there's two more brown dwarfs on their own that also orbit the center of mass of all this system. Um, again, doesn't look like there's any exoplanets from what we can tell, but 
it also seems like the most likely place for there to be exoplanets would be around those two red dwarfs that are out on their own. And that would be also the toughest spot for us to actually track them because the luminosity of the, the bigger ones gets in the way of us measuring the luminosity of those two dwarves. And then there's potentially a, uh, a brown dwarf allegedly going that is around correct. that one, right? Another guy that, yeah, a brown dwarf, another way to think of it is a failed star. Didn't quite get big enough to start the fusion process, but is quite massive. Does it harden up at that point into like any type of a, like a dense material? Like a, I guess. No, I think it's actually the opposite. I think it's still kind of uh, magma-y and because and, it's still hot as shit. Mm. Like it just doesn't nuclear fusion didn't happen yet but there's still a ton of friction and gravity even pressure and stuff like that all right make it very hot and the two in the middle uh the two uh, red dwarfs that are going around each other i think it said it takes them 22 hours for them to do a full rotation around each other or around their center wow. of mass that's fucking insane. That's fast. Yeah, like yeah. seeing something like something that close that you could notice it in the sky almost, like with the naked eye, would yeah. be crazy to see something like that. Yeah, the stars over here now. It's over there. Yeah. Later in the day, <laughs> like yeah, because one would have to be kind of passing in front of the, or, or yeah, you would see them change spots as they move. And I mean, the description of that skyline in general, because then on the night side. You have just these two dominant stars, just these you know many many times brighter than the moon, yeah. that are not that far away. That kind of blot out a lot of the other stuff, but that's still nighttime compared to the day with the two dancing red dwarfs. Yeah, be I mean, nuts. Yeah, it'd be cool as shit. Like one uh, one red dwarf going one way, one red dwarf going the other way, and the brown dwarf like, what do you want from me? Right. <laughs> Which way? Where am I supposed to go? <laughs> and then just like towards the end of the video, to the the whole scaling out kind of thing, because you you see they spend the whole half hour talking about this handful of sixty five stars, more or less. They speculate all up to like what one hundred and thirty million light years away, or something like that. Yeah. So they do that, and then they end of Men in Black and like zoom out a bunch for you. And like talking about everything that's happening. It's like, holy fuck, this is all huge. And it's like, and that's what we call a galaxy. It's like, oh, there's so much stuff. Like, yeah. And then there's billions of those, right. or hundreds of billions of those. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like normally it's like once you get outside our solar system they kind of like make jumps there but they spent enough extra time in there and it's like oh this is all this other shit too it's like yeah i mean yeah for us those are the 65 near us i think there's i don't know the number but there's hundreds of billions of stars in our galaxy so i mean the, the how many regions of 65 stars are there just in the galaxy we're talking yeah probably tens of billions it's just yeah mind-blowing and that and that's why there there has to be 
there has to be other planets out there capable of supporting life in some way. Maybe not us, maybe not something that's going to reach the stars. Like there's, there's some weird ones out there even that, that do different things. Like even some of these, uh, like we talked about the one around Bernard star, it's colder than earth. But if there was some kind of internal energy, could something live in this colder ocean? Maybe. Would that thing reach the stars? No, but could it be intelligent? Yeah. Yeah. That falls into like the, uh, the class one, class two, class three civilizations kind of thing. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, three is capable of interstellar travel. And, uh, I think two is, we're not even a phase two. Oh, really? I think, I think because we, because we can't travel from, I forget. I didn't know. I didn't look this shit up. Which is like in in the in the system planet hopping kind of within around your own star. Yeah, you know? I, I think that yeah. might be that one. Yeah, we could take pictures. We got big big cameras that we can send there, but we can't visit yet. Oh, one other thing from this that I forgot to. Uh, right to warp Oh, Iron Sixty. That was uh, one of the things that they use for. They brought it up. I think. I think it's some of the shit that's yeah, like it's a, in one of the clouds, maybe, or that's. Yep. Yeah, it's a particular <laughs> isotope of iron that doesn't uh, occur naturally very frequently on Earth, mm-hmm. but it is that local interstellar cloud that we talked about. Um, it would be more common out there. Mm-hmm. So, generally speaking, the um, solar wind gives us protection from that. And then our own magnetosphere and atmosphere give us another layer of protection from those hot hydrogen, whatever, in that local interstellar cloud. But there are cases where that does get through. And I think it was in, I don't know if it was Antarctica or the Arctic, one of the poles, that they found traces of that particular isotope, which means that even with those various layers of protection, there's still, you know, something's going to happen. Shit gets through. Yeah. It didn't damage anything necessarily, but it's just you know. And isotope evidence. is what? What is it scale wise? Where? What is it? So an isotope of iron. So it's 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 not an atom of iron, right? It's big. So I, isotopes are are just different. Um, <clears throat> I forget if they said isotope or ion. So I'll describe them okay. both. But isotope is you have protons and neutrons mm. in a nucleus. Right there can be different numbers of neutrons that don't affect what the element is. So oh, when you get okay. iron 14 or iron 12, it's just re- referring to the number of uh, nuclear objects there are. So 14 has two more neutrons than 12. Some are more stable than others. Um, ions are if uh, normally an atom or a, a particle, an atom, whatever has an, uh, the same number of electrons as protons because they're positive and negatively charged. So it it balances out an ion either has one less electron or one more electron. And that's why you get a positively charged and negatively charged. ion. Gotcha. Right on. It's funny. We don't do like we brought up. We don't really do chemistry episodes, but chemistry is in fucking all of it. Yeah. Yep. 
Physics to kind of describe the building blocks, and then chemistry is how shit happens. Yeah, okay, yeah, so it's what what's happening once the shit yeah. starts moving into each other and whatnot. Yep. Very fucking cool. Good yeah. shit. Yeah, these uh, these folks' videos are great. I'm a big fan of them. I'm definitely going to be watching more. Indeed. Um, I do have a couple more bonus exoplanet facts if you want to run through Oh, you do? I do. Because I noticed that this uh, like talk, this video talked about the local bubble, but it skipped over our closest um, Proxima Centauri. That is the closest star to us. And it does look like that there's uh, an exoplanet called Proxima Centauri B. It, this exoplanet is located in the habitable zone of its star. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a rocky planet that's only slightly more massive than Earth. So it seems to be like a pretty good candidate for um, Earth-type life or for life to evolve that uh, we could potentially go check out as it is the closest. I mean, we're still a ways away from having the technology. but and that's six light years away? I think Proxima Centauri is four. Oh, okay. So it's currently the closest, but Bernard Star in the future will get closer. Bernard Star is going to cut you up and get inside on you and get closer. Yeah. <laughs> Proxima my ass. Let's see who's Proxima now. <laughs> I also have the Trappist system. Trappist? Trappist. T-R-A-P-P-I-S-T. One of, I don't know why they named it that, but Trappist 1. <laughs> It's an ultra cool dwarf star <laughs> <laughs> located about 40 light years away from Earth. Oh, I'm Trappist um, One. Uh. <laughs> that's why that's such a snooty name. I'm ultra cool. <laughs> but this one's cool because it appears to have seven Earth sized exoplanets orbiting. So, oh man. One of them's got to be all right, right? <laughs> yeah, isn't isn't that the the golden ratio of planets that are, can sustain life? One out of seven. <laughs> I guess yeah, that's that's what we have here. One out of yeah, one eight out of eight ish. <laughs> but they're all rocky Earth size, so I mean, just one of them's got to be close enough with the right atmosphere or some kind of atmosphere. That'd be neat. Oops, sorry, everyone. That'd be good shit. Yeah. Um, Make it happen, we Trappist. Also have, yeah, we'll run our way. That one's 40 light years away from Earth, though. So, yeah. yeah, even. I mean, it only gets worse. Like, there's another <laughs> one, Wasp 76B. This one is about 640 light years away. <sighs> so, yeah, I mean, the light that's getting there, we might have old information at this point. <laughs> yeah, the, but, the light. The light that's that just got here from there left in was that the f- man? I'm trying to do math on the fly here. 1580, somewhere. Yeah, I was gonna say 16th century. Oh, we would call it so. Yeah. Hear ye, hear ye. That kind of shit was still going on in the streets, and yeah, <laughs> like the Black Plague was it? People that thought it was devils. I don't know about yeah, washing your hands. In yet. fact, they were 
they were not even to the point of they just got past trying things to make sure. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> facts, facts and experiments and observation and science was the new trend. Yeah. Wait, did you just back that experiment up? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just for perspective, that's, that's how. Oh, that's crazy far. Yeah, that light just got here. Uh, but this one is a hot Jupiter. <laughs> hot Jupiter, which we love on this show. So, <laughs> drink sponsors the show. <laughs> we do <laughs> love it. I settle down to a hot Jupiter every night before bed. It, it calms my nerves and it steadies my hands and it sends me off to a nice <laughs> night of slumber. And it also opens my sinuses. <laughs> <laughs> Many things in one. Hot Jupiter, available now at King Cullen and Genovese and CVS and (laughs) Foot Locker. Uh. (laughs) Anywhere you buy your things. (laughs) So this Hot Jupiter is also tidally locked and... What makes it cool is that on one side, it's so hot on the day side that iron will vaporize in the atmosphere. Holy shit. Yeah. And then on the night side, all it says is that the temperature dropped significantly. I guess not vaporizing iron anymore is is a good drop. (laughs) (laughs) And not only that, like, isn't it just going to rain iron? Or hail iron, because if it's all in the atmosphere, it gets cooled off. Like, like I don't know if it's actually in the atmosphere. It just says that it gets hot enough that it would vaporize oh, iron if it okay. was in the atmosphere. But it maybe. Um, there's uh, another one. HD one eight seven one no HD one eight nine seven three three B. So this one they didn't even give it a name, but it's very very deep blue. I heard it was um, the uh, that was the pager number of the guy who discovered it. I believe, right? <laughs> they just wrote that down. <laughs> they couldn't remember his, his name. name? But I got his number. I, yeah, I just have his beeper in, in my note. <laughs> it's still giving him credit. Yeah. <laughs> it was their coke dealer. They were thanking him because they this way they could stay up for twenty four hours on end just doing math. <laughs> you know what we're calling it. this guy's got he's, he's got we're, we're not gonna blow his spot up but you know we'll <laughs> he'll know <laughs> then he's i could have been nominated for a nobel but they didn't remember my name <laughs> but this this guy is famous for its deep blue color which is not due to oceans but rather a hazy, turbulent atmosphere that contains tiny glass particles that scatter blue light. So this shit's got glass in the atmosphere. So that rain wouldn't be fun. No, that would not. And it wouldn't do anything cool like hover above and not rain down glass on you. Like it wouldn't do cool stuff like... Actually, I don't know. Like There'd probably be some pretty neat prisms and like weird like cool looking light potentially as it gets through yeah light refraction yeah yeah, yeah it seems like it, it 
scatters light as is. That's why it gives it the, the, the color that it does from afar. So, yeah. Pretty cool. It's like you're trying to be a shitty real estate agent. Now, it does rain glass down from the sky, but you could spend a lot of time indoors looking at it through the window. I'm just saying. <laughs> Have it whichever way you prefer. <laughs> yeah, whack it. Okay. Whack it back. Yeah, killing that. Kill that one down. <laughs> so I got three more. All right, yeah. Um, Kepler 452B. The uh, nickname for that is Earth 2.0 or Earth's Cousin. It's a super Earth, but it's not too much bigger. But it seems to be um, in the habitable zone, seems to be a similar chemical makeup, all that kind of good stuff. So it's, um, I guess, the closest thing that we've found so far to our planet. Again, super Earth, so it's a little bit bigger, a little bit more gravity. And the really bad side is that it's about 1,400 light years away. Oh, man. So probably not going to get there anytime soon. 1,400 (laughs) light years. Yeah. Which means it might not even be there anymore. Yeah. Like we're looking at, yeah. Yeah. Holy crow. There's like they just had Charlemagne. On, on yeah, what, Earth. They, what year did the Mongols? What year was the Mongolian Empire? Oh man, I don't know when it started. I'm, I can only remember in Bill and Ted them saying, "What year did the Mongols rule China?" Like when they were cramming in the Circle K parking lot. Right. I feel like it's a little later than that. I feel like it was at least okay, like the twelves and stuff like that. Okay, but, yeah. Anyway, it was a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a very, very long time ago that light left before it got here. There's another one that's closer, K218B. This one's about 110 light years away. Again, Super Earth in the size of, uh, I mean, in the habitable zone of its star. Um, the cool thing about this one is we've actually detected water, water vapor in the atmosphere. It is the first exoplanet where we've made that discovery. So that's. That's a big deal because as far as we know, life doesn't uh, get as complex as it does with or even start in the first place from what we could tell without water. So and that's spectrometer as well. They can do that. They can detect the water vapor in the man. Correct. So so here's the thing I was wondering watching this with all the, the really cool animation and stuff is computer animation to a point where you can just like program physics and like like basically program everything you could program about all the stuff that you're studying so that it literally is transforming that information that gets to the satellite into what it would actually look like into like a visual aid yeah. Is it like? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, with some stuff where they talk about like um, orbits or like high level things, it's plotting points on a graph and using formulas and all math that then gets output like that and, you know, to show a pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for the other like where it's a picture from the earth from the surface of an exoplanet that's yeah. you know reimagined by somebody that comes from the information from a spectrometer and then just kind of like for a super earth if you're looking at something that's five times the mass of the earth chances are that gravity is so strong that it's going to be pretty flat so like they use ideas like that to put that composite picture together okay. and then also oh the chemical atmosphere the atmosphere is mostly made up of this chemical hmm. which typically scatters this light so it's going to have this tinge just like you know where nitrogen that's why the sky is blue so okay they kind of put those pieces together that way last one i have um i don't know how to pronounce this 55 concrete or concrete e so e that means it's one of the i don't know if that's a multiple star system or what but that's the fifth thing in that system um it's a super earth it orbits very close to its host star so like the surface is probably scorching uh, and probably not livable but if it was closer this would be the planet that the billionaires all went to or at least tried to mine the high temperature and pressure on the planet um well, I should say the planet seems to be composed of a high percentage of carbon. So the high pressure and temperature on the planet make it seem like there is probably or possibly a sublayer of diamond crystals planet wide. So this thing has a, a diamond crust. Oh, you, you went mute. There we go. All right. Yeah. That is wild. Uh, the. Yeah. Like, so would it be like, because when we were talking about 3D printed, like, carbon atoms arranged as diamond hard, uh, would these theoretically look like actual diamond crystals? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, these in, in theory would be beautiful and crystalline and like the diamonds that we uh, send children into mines for on this planet. <laughs> it'd, it'd be a whole... A whole crust of it. Yeah, just you think of how many... Well, they'd have to send a lot of children to that planet to get a whole planet's worth of it. Because <laughs> right? they're not going to update the, the, the farming techniques. <laughs> right, yeah. They're going to use perfectly good adults. <laughs> get these children in this spaceship and send them out with a sandwich each. Look how rich we are from using children we're gonna change this now i mean we got a good thing <laughs> going right now man zales trying to tow the entire planet back this <laughs> way to populate it with children miners <laughs> <laughs> a bit redundant hmm? <laughs> <laughs> minor <Yeah>. miners <laughs> that's badass also diamond crust sounds like something they serve at like at restaurants in Dubai on pizza. Like, here's yeah. this $80,000 slice of pizza. Has a diamond right, crust. Right, that's something that, D that's something that DJ Khalid eats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely got that diamond crust. <laughs> hey, DJ Khalid, it looks like you've been having another one too many times, all right? <laughs> <laughs> that was Rodney calling him overweight, not me. <laughs> yeah, he's way. rich. I'm That's punching allowed. up, and he's definitely taller than me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
Is that all our stuff? That's exoplanets. All right. I do know, I will also say that as technology improves, direct imaging is starting to become a thing. There's, we're figuring out techniques to block out the light from the host star and get direct images of the planets itself. So that's still a work in progress, but that's the next cool thing in this area. Well, I might forget, but so I'm just going to ask you now. So back to, uh, the moon landing being faked and stuff being fake from space. What is the argument about? Oh, where is the light from all the other stars? Right. That is that is a big thing that shows um, up. Where are those? They are not in the picture due to the way cameras work, where you have to actually focus on things, and there's also filters to allow for different brightness levels and stuff like that. It's it's basically washed out in the pictures, and some of them, there are some pictures where they're not focused on Earth, and you can see stars in the pictures from the moon. It's just that the people that present that argument cherry-pick the pictures where the intent was to take a picture of Earth and hide the stars in the background with the filter. Gotcha. These these same motherfuckers like photoshopping people out of the background of their their own personal pictures that they're posting on stuff. It's like, yeah, we weren't trying to get the stars, man. We're trying to look yeah. at the earth. Right. It was on purpose that they kind of all right, the, the luminosity, we're gonna filter out anything below this luminosity because the earth at that distance would be much brighter than anything else in the sky. But you know, with the different exposures, it, it's photography stuff because the people that are standing on the moon would be able to look around and then see stars just fine. Yeah. So why don't you F stop it already? You silly geese. It's, it's the stupidest, stupidest argument, especially because the people that did it are still alive. And I love when they cherry pick again, there's like Buzz Aldrin was on a talk show and uh, they were, you know, there's the one thing where they say, I forget who was the host, but he said, when I was a kid, I was watching and I saw the moon landing and Buzz Aldrin said, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. You saw an animation. You didn't see the moon landing. And they cut the video there and they say, here you go. Buzz, Aldr- Buzz Aldrin just said we never landed on right. the moon. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then if you continue to watch that, he'll say there were no cameras on the moon. So they aired an animation. But then when we walked out of the moon, we made sure to take pictures of that. And we did all this. I played golf on the moon. I did this on the moon. I did that. So the only thing that he said was not real was the animation of the lunar module landing on the moon. Because as they were saying, landing gear down or, you know, whatever the fuck that they were saying at the time, the TV stations had nothing to do. So they put an animation there for the people at home listening and he should have just he should have just left it like it's the same thing when somebody tries to correct you like actually it's not frankenstein it's frankenstein's monster it's just like all right just 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 let everybody be dumb it's it's just easier sometimes to just let everybody be dumb (laughs) right (laughs) you're also telling a man who walked on like there's one guy who like I don't want to hear about what's easy. You don't know what the fuck training I went through to, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that kind (laughs) of. I like that he punched. He didn't, he didn't luck into being an astronaut. (laughs) Was he the guy that punched somebody in the face at an appearance? Yeah. Yeah. The guy, the guy basically assaulted him in the street. He was like, well, not assaulted him, but, uh, 
harassed him in the street before he was going into a hotel and, and kept saying, why do you tell people this? Is it true that this, and then called him a liar and, and yeah, Buzz had enough and punched him. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Hey. Oh yeah. What the motherfuckers? He went to the moon. Show some fucking respect. <laughs> <laughs> under the guise of science at gmail <laughs> facebook and instagram guys always spelt g-u-i-s-e under the guise of science on youtube under the guise of science on tiktok at science guys on twitter and as always thank you to fart barf for fart barf for our opening absolutely Thank you for Homeless and Heathrow, as well as all of your other fine songs, Fart Barf. Uh, tune in next time when we will be talking about...